Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. On this week's episode, we're joined by Marco, who will tell us about his improvisational journey. We'll play a couple games and most importantly, learn how he improved his life. Let's hit it. Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lee Evans. And today I am joined by the incredibly talented Marco. Marco, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm ecstatic to be here. I So maybe some of you might not know, and maybe you don't know, but this podcast was supposed to start before the pandemic. Ah, like yes. Jamie and Matt were organizing it. And I was one of the first people who wanted to, to like, was called in. Me, Sky. And uh, I forgot who the other were, but we were like the first guests. Oh my gosh. And then it didn't start because of the lockdown. And yeah. now I'm like, now I'm here and I'm super happy. Yeah. Well, that, I didn't even know that. I mean, I knew there was some rumblings of a podcast, but I didn't know mm-hmm. that you were scheduled to be a guest and then yeah. it didn't happen just because, you know, everything went crazy. Mm-hmm. And Sky too. That's amazing. Yeah. Friend of the show. Uh, <laughs> He's been here. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. In that exact seat. Mm -hmm. Well, I am so glad you're joining us here tonight, Marco, and we're able to make up for what was lost a few years ago. Yes, it's Uh, fine. It's it's good to like pick the things up that we've left behind. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think I think about that a lot these days. Like every day, I do something. I'm like, oh yeah, this. You know, I couldn't do this for a little bit, Mm -hmm. and it's it's good. It's a good thing. Yep. All right. So I want to ask you, Marco, just to, yes. to help our audience at home, uh, when kind of what is your relationship to IFTP? When did you first get involved? How long have you been a member? So, um, well, I if anyone doesn't know, I'm from I'm from Italy. And um, so I guess I have to tell a little bit before I get to you. Just give me a second. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I I think I encountered improv or improv theater, comedy theater. Uh, when I went to acting school in Milan Mm. and that was my, like I learned it there and fast forward, I moved to the States. I moved here in LA and I moved here in 2016 and I would say like six months in, maybe seven months in, I was kind of like, I miss, I miss doing improv. I Mm. I have, I had an inkling again. So I try to look, uh, of course, you know, the first ones like Groundlings mm-hmm. and UCB, those are like the big ones that yeah. come up. Yeah. But I was looking through the websites and it, I didn't like the fact that it was like improv 101, six weeks. That like didn't jive well for me because yeah. the way I did it, it was the, in, the, in the course, each day was a different thing. And mm. for us, Wednesday was the improv day. Oh, okay. And so we, uh, I did it, me and the people who did it with... Um, once a week for a whole school year. Mm. That's how it worked for us. That's a long time. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Actually, for, I did it for two years. Wow. So okay. two years once. I mean, it's kind of like doing here yeah. IFTP. If you're yeah, in for sure. two years, you did it as many times as I did. Mm-hmm. But I was looking for something that just went like a day of the week and you just go and there's no real limit to it. Somebody described IFTP as like a, as like a, a dojo. Oh, yeah. It's not a thing where you do like 101, 102, 103. It's just, you just go and just keep going. Yeah. And that's what I was looking for. And that's how I got into IFTP. All right. All right. I, I think of it like a gym. So yeah, similar yeah. idea of like, I come to work out and like, you know, there are some people who are new to working out and other people who have been at it a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's what's cool is that you're surrounded by all different levels. Yeah. So I think, yeah. But so Dojo yes. might steal that. Yeah. <laughs> 
As far as how long? So it must have been at least 2017. Okay. I, I started when the studio was still on Washington Boulevard. Right, the old location. Yeah. Okay. Which I kind of miss. This this is mm. nice. This is very nice. The <laughs> yeah, stage is, it's, it, we have a very nice studio on stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Pico Playhouse is, 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 is very legit, mm. I would say. Mm. But that space on Washington Boulevard was just a... Um, was very quaint, but in a nice way. It was like a small personal space. Mm. Yeah, and I think there's probably a lot of fun memories associated with it too, I imagine, just because that's where you started in your IFTP journey. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I've only, I've only seen photos, but I wish to know more. I had my first show there. Oh my gosh, then we'll, we'll definitely get into that. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're going we're gonna to chop all of this up. But before mm-hmm. we do, yes. as always, it's tradition here on Improv for the podcast, mm-hmm. we're going to play a couple rounds of three things mm-hmm. now marco uh we talked a little bit before we started shooting right three things of course is the game i throw you some categories you list some things based off those categories and as always it's related to you because that's mm-hmm. what we do here right three things but it's personal all right marco are you ready to list some stuff for me i am ready fantastic <laughs> all right here we go these are three things uh things that you eat hot Hmm. Soup. One. Uh, pizza. Two. Hot. Uh, eggs. Three. These are three things. Your favorite board games. Ooh. Mmm. Uh, I would say Ticket to Ride. Ooh, one. I love that game. Yeah. Uh, Seven Wonders. Two. And... Kind of a new entry for me, Nemesis. Nemesis, three. Yeah. These are three things. Final category, things that are in Italy and not the U.S. Hmm. Um, oh, I can list like so many like, yeah. the equiv- the, all the equivalents of like Twinkies and stuff. All of those mm. are not here. Um, I'll just say, like, like I'll just say them. Tigolino. One. Um, there's a special kind of yogurt, like a French yogurt that comes in uh, in glass jars. It's called Kier. Two. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Piadina. Three. These are three, three things. things. All right. We're going to expand on a lot okay. of that. All right. That first category, I mean, things that are hot, great examples, great examples. And I think I'm going to gonna have to pick eggs from that one eggs are just you know eggs are solid yeah. just classic it's a staple also like there's only one way to eat them cold i would say that's true yeah but there are many ways of eating them hot that's that's a good point yeah i yeah there's only one way really to eat eggs yeah. cold otherwise it's kind of sad huh yeah yeah oh man wow interesting see that's a good observation <laughs> all right the category I'm, I'm really excited about you said ticket to ride mm-hmm. i love that board game mm, yes uh could you give maybe our listeners at home just a quick like overview of what ticket to ride is okay so ticket to ride is at first impact you would describe it as a cross between monopoly and risk mm. it's basically uh you have the, the original version has the map of the u.s continental u.s and there's a lot of like all the cities, well, not all the cities, but most of the cities are pointed out. And there's like empty tracks that connect all the cities. And you're all the players are trying to connect using little like trains, like little piece plastic little trains, uh, trying to connect uh, the cities and try to form routes that get you to, it could, as if you're building your own railroad, you're trying to connect as many cities as you can and trying to get as too many places you want. 
Yeah. And then whoever has the best network wins. Mm-hmm. And it is, I, I love that game. Like mm-hmm. every time I play it, I'm like, oh yeah. Now I've only played the, uh, the European edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I haven't played the one that's based in the U.S., but oh man, it just. Interesting. Cause the U.S. Yeah. is the first one. Yeah. So we only played the European one. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. I, I played the European a couple of times. I don't like it as much as the no? U.S. one. Okay. They've been, they've done like Scandinavia, yeah, Africa, India. Now, right? yeah. yeah. My favorite one, like out of the original is Asia. Mm. The Asia version is super fun. Okay. Okay. I'll have to has, check that um, out. Yeah. It's, it, it, most, all, all of the different versions are pretty much the same game. They just change just a few details. And yeah, the Asia one, I think it's pretty cool. Mm. All right. I'll have to, yeah. I want to get that. I want to get that. I've, I found over the past couple of years, I've definitely like, my interest in board games has grown a lot. Like okay. Sick of to Ride is one of those ones that I just yeah. like really stuck with. And me. it's so accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Like you play with some friends who never played before and you know, maybe like they'll lose the first time and then after that time they'll be like, Oh, I get it now. And mm-hmm. they can play and you, know, you be almost be at level. Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, I love Settlers of Catan, which is, it's a fine game. It's a fine mm-hmm. game. Yeah. But for me personally, I'm more of a train guy. I, I, I just give me those trains. <laughs> so look at is a little bit old. I, I yeah. feel like it's very popular, but it has has its age, mm. and you can tell that it's it's a bit clunky in certain yeah. certain aspects. Yeah, and I I think I do better in games where I'm not like you know Ticket to Ride is like you're kind of focused on your individual mission and journey, mm-hmm. and you know sometimes other players get in your way, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like me, my cards, and like the how I'm connecting all these cities, and then at the yeah. end. Suddenly, that's when you worry about everyone else. Where mm-hmm. Catan, you know, you're constantly wheeling and dealing, and yeah, and that just—I don't know—I don't do well in that situation. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard. It, it's a, I think it's a harder game. It, it's it's definitely like it's popular for a reason, but it is a slightly harder game to mm. play. Mm. All right. Well, thank you for chatting board games with me. I oh man, it's good to to meet another Ticket to Ride mm-hmm. fan out here. Yeah. Uh, that last co- category I asked you things that uh, are. Like that, you, your favorite things from Italy that are not in the U.S. Uh, you told me about that middle one, the uh, the French yogurt, right? Yeah, here I believe. The, the, there is a brand here that's called We. Oui. Mm. Like yes, uh, so I get get at that one. But over there, there's one is it's just called K Y R. And and yeah, like it, it brings me back a little bit. Mm. Yo- yogurt in Italy, actually, I could just say yogurt and period because yogurt is a little bit different mm. there. Here, like American yogurts, here you can find Greek yogurt, which is very like pasty, very dense. Yes. And then you have like quote unquote yogurt, which is, no, it's fine. It's actually, like, it's not bad, but it is, it's not density wise. It's not that far from the Greek one. Mm. Mm-hmm. While uh, Italian yogurt is much more smooth. You can almost drink it. Wow. Yeah. So it's... um it's it's like three levels. There's Greek, there's American, and then there's like Italian over here. Mm. So like it, any Italian yogurt will be will feel very different from uh, an American one. Mm. Okay, good to know. I didn't know about the la- the layers of yogurt. I guess in my experience, I've only you're had not you're Greek. not a dairy expert. No, far, oh far from it, far yeah. from it. I'm like there's Greek and then there's yo play and like that's <laughs> that's it. Yeah, and personally, I I, I pick Greek yogurt every time. Mm-hmm. So that's just my opinion, though, huh? I gotta, I need to like read the Wikipedia page about yogurt or something just to understand. Cause like, yeah, I imagine like on an international scale, like every, every culture and country has probably its different take. And like, mm-hmm. like you said, there's like lighter, almost maybe fluffier, more moose like yogurts. Yeah. And then there's the dense stuff. 
Uh, this we're turning into a yogurt podcast yeah. tonight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to yogurt chat. Uh, <laughs> I should have brought some samples. Oh, well, <laughs> well thank you for sharing that. I just learned some fun facts about yogurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but as much as I want to talk about trains and yogurt all night, mm-hmm. we do have a topic we must get to Marco. And that of course, yep. The letters up there, which are thankfully fully lit. However, the rest of the sign is not still saving up. Uh, I like how like it's that corner as if it's like winking with a, that eye. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, improv, improv. Yeah. Uh, the sign, just like us, we're making it up as we go. Yeah. Right. We're making it work. Mm-hmm. Um, so Marco, I mm-hmm. want to talk about and explore tonight, your relationship to improv and mm-hmm. you know where that starts. So my first question for you is this, when was the first time in your life you learned about improv, not necessarily performed it, but just mm-hmm. suddenly you're like, oh, improv, this is a thing that exists. When one is that? Well, as I mentioned in the beginning, I think it was in, in acting school. I think, so here's an interesting thing. Most other people say like, whose line is it anyway? Mm, a lot of people, yeah. And I did, I also, I also have that experience of like discovering, because I, I would find YouTube clips of it. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't have it on TV, it didn't air yeah. in Italy, of course. But, I actually don't remember if I discovered Who's Line It Anyway first or her did improv at school first. I mm. think I did it at improv school because by the time I discovered Who's Line Is It Anyway, I kind of understood what it was. Like, mm. I, like it didn't surprise me. Yeah, you weren't shocked by yeah. it. Yeah. And I, even at school, it's not like... Like, I heard the lesson, I saw the schedule. It's not like I went like, oh, what is this? It's like yeah. it seemed almost obvious that that would have been there. Mm. It didn't struck me as, um, it didn't struck me as, as, as like something out of the blue, even yeah. though I never seen it or never performed it or never anything else. Yeah. But it kind of fit right into the fold of what you were already studying, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, yeah, this is part of the schedule. Yeah. Um, so how old were you when you started acting school? I was, hmm, 25? 25. I think okay. 25. Okay. Yeah. 24, 25. 24, 25. Okay. So it was like acting school. So was that a, with a focus on stage acting, I presume? Or was it uh, just like generally the skills of acting and you focused on many different aspects through the program? Many different aspects. We did okay. like some, during the course of the year, we had, um, we kind of shot on that, an episode of a quasi sitcom kind of Ooh. a deal. And then our like final thing was uh, like a, like a stage play. Mm. And also we had like a, also an improv show. Wow. Yeah. We did an improv show our first year and um, that was, that was something. Mm. Mm. And was that, was that improv show? Like, obviously you had been doing the class, like you had mentioned for Mm -hmm. the entire year. Every Wednesday was improv Wednesday. Yeah. Improv Wednesday. (laughs) Improv Wednesday. Uh, Was that, I guess, class show you had, was that the first time you performed improv in front of an audience? Yes. Wow. Definitely was. It was mostly the the rest of the school plus maybe parents, the rest of the teachers, friends and whatnot. Mm. Okay. Okay. So that was, so you were an acting student, right? It was your first year there. Was this a a multi-year program? One year? Uh, Long story, complicated. Essentially, it was a one-year thing. Okay. And then I kind of stuck around because they were trying to film a, a... feature length movie mm. and I kind of got into that so like the second year I wasn't like studying I just happened to be there and I kind of hijacked the improv license hey why not yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, it was uh, nowadays that school is pretty big now. It was mm. kind of starting when when I did it, but now now it's a pretty big school. And like if you go to acting course, it's like I think it's like three years. Oh wow, it's okay. like a, a full thing. Yeah. Uh, but back then, I think technically it would have been like two or three years, but we were only like six students. Yeah. And it didn't new. like the first after the first year, everyone went in different directions, so we didn't continue. Mm. Okay. Okay. Wow. So yeah, you've probably watched that school then grow over the years and you're like, I was there at the beginning. Yeah. I saw it rise from the ground, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So one year at acting school and your year culminates with your first ever improv show. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we talk about that show, because yeah. believe me, I do want to, and mm-hmm. we're going to, uh, what was your experience like in those improv classes, juggling it with your other acting related classes as well? Well, it was definitely my favorite day of the week. Mm. It was... It was very cool. Um, I think, I think I need to explain to continue com- this conversation. I think I need to explain how I was taught then compared to how we've been taught at IFTP. Please. So, like, I I can only tell from this single experience of Italian improv. I don't know if it's all like this. I suspect that it is a little bit like this, but um, so the, the way it felt, it's it was more. Matt is, is a very comforting teacher, is a very, like, you know, hold your hand as you do it kind of a teacher. Uh, this guy, um, who, by the way, uh, uh, his last name is Ferretti, I forgot his first name, <laughs> but he's one of the, 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 one of the people in Italy who has done it for the longest. He has mm. a huge following. He has many different schools all over Italy. Wow. He's, he's one of the, like, hotshots of, like, old school hotshots of Italian improv. And he taught us, and he was very like, I don't know how to express, like shock, like very much like throw us in the deep end and see what happens. Wow, yeah. Not a lot of explanations and Mm. just throwing, keep, he kept throwing things at us. Every week was different. And it's his approach, which is maybe a bit too much, but it was very interesting because as far as I can remember, all of his lessons were structured in a way that he would throw us something that we thought it was difficult mm. in the very beginning. And then, okay, you've done this. Now do do it again, but like harder with <laughs> oh some other gosh. limitation. And then even more limitation or something like it would make it, pr- each day, each lesson was progressively difficult. Wow. And by the time we got to the end, we think of what we started with and we were like, oh, like, why we thought, why did we think that that was so mm. hard? It was, it's so easy compared to what we just finished with. So it had a very interesting progression, but it was very like balls to the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, all right, you're here in improv. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm that guy. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When we did our show, mm. he didn't explain any of the games. Oh my gosh. He just like, he was like, yeah, you're going to be in games. You're going to do stuff. I'll tell you what to do. And that's it. He made us do. I don't know if it's if this kind of game exists here. He called it toast, and we never seen it before. We never done it before. We oh never explained gosh. it. He just it just happened. So as I said, we were six of us. There were there were six of us, and in a line, and the way it worked, like he would have a a bell. I think he had a bell, or maybe I like a whistle, but some he had a signal of some sort, and when he like ding or whatever, some of us would like like crouch down and then pop up. But like a random number. We wouldn't like uh-huh. agree. We were just like, am I going up or not? And yeah, you would just decide. So like a random number of people will like pop up. And every time you 
let's say that like these six, like these four will pop up. Mm. So these four would do a scene standing there, like in, still online, but they will still do a scene, trying to do it the best, the best that they can. Yeah. Then uh, whistle, they go down and like, uh, maybe like these two and this one goes up. They do a different scene with different characters. So every time there's a ding, people go down and maybe just one rises up mm. and go down and like these two people. And here's the thing. If, if it happens that these four from the first scene will pop up, they would continue the scene from the original. They have thing. to remember what it was. Yes. Oh my so gosh. that's a hard game. <laughs> yeah. Cause you, I mean, you can't even anticipate. You're like, this could be the same one or it might be completely new. Yeah, Exactly. Because wow. sometimes you want, you know, like have like, like a glare at like when you know, like someone else, and maybe they figure out like, okay, he wants me to get up. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's very like caution to the wind. Again. Yeah, and it was. It, I remember being. We were very shocked about. We kind of pulled it off a little bit, but it was hard. It was yeah, a lot of like it. crashing in. That. Yeah, because <laughs> you're like, oh, oh, oh you're up. Uh, I'm up. Oh, yeah, we gotta go back. We gotta yeah. go back. Or like it's just like we just made nonsense because it was just yeah. hard to just be there. Yeah, and you just kept going because yeah. I mean you had to. Yeah, we were yeah. in front of an audience. Yeah, yeah, the pressure yeah. is on. Wow, mm -hmm. I kind of that sounds stressful, but in a way I'm like kind of like I want to try that teacher's yeah. class. <laughs> yeah. So was that. Um, so what growth, because I know you had mentioned this, like what mm -hmm. growth did you feel you saw in yourself as an improviser from the beginning of your year there to the end when you finally got to the show? Was it in particular exercises or concepts or kind of guidelines in improv that you got a lot better at? What was that for you? Hmm, I don't know. I'm sure I, I just like it's been far enough that I sure. don't have. Oh, yes, this is where I learned this. I definitely learned a lot of basic game structures and also... Potential. I, I, I'm just throwing this. This is the first time I'm uttering this word in this context. Okay. So it's new for me too. Uh, as in like, sometimes you're giving an instruction, a game. And if you see it the first time, or if you hear it the first time, you might not understand the potential of what you can do with it. Mm. So I think what I understand, what I took from that first year is you have this game, you have this opportunity I, th I think I figured out the scope of what you can do with it. Like I, I can analyze the opportunities that you can find in, in a game and like, oh, in the context of mind the gap, that is what I think I can do. In the context of I can only use certain amount of words, that is the, these are the things that I can do to exploit that. Mm. I think that is the, because he, he, he like throws so many gimmicks, I think that was the, the main thing that I caught from, from that. Yeah. And it, that year. I imagine like over time, as you were going to those classes week over week, like you began to understand potential more and more. Cause you'd be like, Oh, we're playing this game again. Last time I did this, I didn't know, but now, mm -hmm. and you just learned the options and the moves that you could make. Yeah. Right? Which is, that is really cool. And I think potential is a really good way to put it yeah. because that is so true. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not just like, Oh, I've done it before. Now I know what I can do. It's also figure out, the hidden, like, because it's if it's something like you can only you can do a scene in which you your actions, your space work are as um, coherent, but mm. not your words. You just say just ramble oh, random words. So hearing that you you can do a number of things, but like after I guess 
in understanding potential, what I hear is, oh, there's just, there's so many things you can do with your body, mm. regardless of what you say, to make a scene interesting. So mm. I guess it's there's like the instruction, and then there's like, here's the things you can do to make a scene interesting given this instruction. So I guess mm. that's that is the potential. Yeah. So like the ability to see the game, like oh, that's what I can do with that game. Yeah, learning to play within those constraints almost yeah. of like, wait a second, there's yeah a lot more like you said, like learning to use your body in different ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not have, knowing that you can't use your words, it's like that opens up so much more than it shuts mm-hmm. down, Yeah, I think. And it's when you have that f- change in mindset, that's like mm-hmm. unlocking your potential as an improviser. Ah. I have the potential. <laughs> oh, improv for the potential. <laughs> I In my head, the first three words always have to be improv for that. And then the P is the yeah, only one that whatever. changes. <laughs> improv for the potential. Like, you know, it's just... That's just how it is in my head. And that's not true at all, but that's how I see it. All right. I think, I think that is really interesting. And then in, in those classes, were you mostly focusing on short form games? Were you doing any long form improv or just maybe everything over the course of the year? I'm not sure. No, it was pretty much focused on short form. Short form. We didn't. Well, I guess it's, you can consider like the toast, like a long form. Yeah, piece, but true. it is just like, it's just an anthology of like short form. Essentially. Yeah. But yeah, even, um, yeah, to, to 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 circle back to the to how improv is in Italy, and again, I have very limited experience. I only have that, and I see a, saw a couple of shows, and that's it. So maybe even now, it might have grown since then. That's true. In, in my absence, it's not like the world. <laughs> we can go back and tell us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember seeing a show, and I remember like the the teacher slash director kind of MC of the night. Kind of throwing, I could, you could see that he was throwing his students like curveballs. It's all, there's almost like a slight aspect of hazing as far as I remember it. Mm. it I mean, it's not abusive, but yeah, it is a little bit like they're setting up to fail rather than, than to succeed. Mm. And, you know, we, we know Matt, we've done shows with Matt and like, he definitely like helps us, which in the history of IFTP, the first shows, he didn't tell us. I, oh, I don't know if I can talk about this, how Matt prepares shows, prepares us for shows. I think I think we can. I think okay. we can. A little behind the scenes for you. Yeah. Uh, improv for the people, improv shows. <laughs> exactly. So, like, in the show nowadays, I think, he will tell us, okay, uh, you will be in this game, we'll play this game, and uh, you will be in it, and you two will be doing this game. Mm-hmm. And so he tells you the games uh, ahead of time. Yeah, you know and, who you're with and what you're doing. Yeah, and if you don't know the game, he will explain it. Or, yeah, it will be like a general explanation in case you haven't played it or you don't remember it. So he really helps you with yeah, that. Yeah. In the earlier days of, of uh, IFTP, mm-hmm. he didn't tell who was in what game. Oh. He would say, these are the games we're playing. He will explain the game if it and an explanation was needed. But he didn't say, you'll be in this, you'll be in that. Ooh, a bit of mystery. Yeah, I think... I, I kind of miss that. Mm. Like, I don't want to go back to like hazing and just being thrown into a toast. But like, I also like, I, c- I can take the, the, ooh, the, yeah. the surprise. You like, know? cause then you have a general idea. You're like, okay, these are some of the games we're doing tonight. I might be in this one. I might not. Yeah. And then it's still like, you know, you're sitting there in that moment and it's like, Matt's like, Hey, can I get a Marco to the stage? And you're like, Oh, oh I'm in this game. I guess I'm doing uh, correspondence letter. Ooh, okay. <laughs> That's like classic, a classic yeah. IFTP game. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I Interesting. Re- I remember like 
kind of the first time. So I did a bunch of shows here, at least eight. Mm. So uh, he put me doing correspondence with Shelly Pack. Yes. Because that was like the, the, of the short forms that uh, correspondent letters was like the big one. So he would put me, I guess, because I've, I've, after a few years, I was like one of the more experienced FTPers. So sure. he put me with Shelly. And the first few times I did it, Shelly is so good. Yes. And she's so like quick and right on top of it. So it was, mm-hmm. it was really struggling. I kind of hated it when he put me there. <laughs> but then like the last few times he put me in correspondence because I understood it. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, now I'm like, now I know how to drive this car. And I know how, mm. what to do. And I remember last time I did it, last time I did correspondence with Shelly Pack. It was a really cool scene. That's awesome. Yeah. So you saw your own growth within that particular short form game. Yeah. Of like you learned the potential. Yes. And like you said, how to drive I it, did. which I think in a game like that in particular, like it does need a little bit of direction mm-hmm. in terms of like, hey, this is supposed to get a little shorter by the mm-hmm. end here. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 there's a shift in it from beginning to end. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a, it's a bit of structure in that one. Mm. Hidden structure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Ah, okay. All right. So jumping back to Italy. Mm -hmm. We're in Italy. Yeah. You've just completed your first year of acting school. Yeah. You're like, what a year. I've been doing improv every week for a year. Uh, You have your show. And you mentioned some things about the show and that your teacher in particular, one thing he was big on was just kind of throwing you out there. Being like, Mm -hmm. all right, do this game, go. And uh, that is definitely... I think an awesome way to learn improv and mm-hmm. just like week after week kind of being thrown into, you know, whatever it is. Um, so you do that show, you, you know, you finish acting school, but you hang around cause they need you, right. Mm-hmm. They need you to play this part in the feature film. Mm-hmm. Um, was there, you said you maybe saw a few improv shows. Were you doing any improv yourself during that time or you were just kind of, no, I just, life? uh, it, I guess there weren't as many opportunities as there are here. Mm. Like here, especially in LA, you can little like, throw a stone and you'll hit a, an improv studio somewhere. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Over there it's a little bit more a different mm. scenario. Uh, and also at the time I didn't, I didn't miss it yet. Yeah. Cause you just finished. Yeah. yeah I just finished. So I, I was okay with, uh, with not doing any. And then like, as, as I said, as I come here, as I came here, I was like, Hmm, I feel like trying that again. Oh, wait, I just remember something as one of the very few places, first places that I started hanging out when I came to LA was a little studio in Hollywood. It was a little theater in Hollywood. Mm. We used to do shows and they would churn through the cast very quickly, like maybe once a month. Wow. Like the whole yeah. cast would just change. And that's for a lot of people just moving to LA who want to get into acting and whatnot. That was like the place to go because yeah. it, was, it was free. They just took you... Yeah, just whoever. Hey, yeah, come on down. Yeah, come on in. Uh, so it was like it was an easy entry point, and they did have free improv classes on Mondays. <clears throat> so I did that a couple of times, but I think there's something about the, the the sad truth of doing classes for free is that the people who go are not super committed. Yeah, because it's free. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it was okay. Like I, I remember what I did back in Italy to like fuel me there, but I was like, no, okay, I need, I want something more. Mm. I want step up a little bit. Yeah, because you're like, I'm no, I think I want to pursue this and continue to grow in that skill. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna jump into that in just a moment, but I have a question, kind of about, um, maybe like the view of improv culturally, like the difference between Italy versus America, and I could be totally off here, um. 
but if I remember my theater history correctly, uh, I would think that maybe in Italy, well, I, I imagine improv is viewed differently just because I think here in America often, especially modern improv, like mm -hmm. being, you know, based in LA, New York, and Chicago, right? Those are the three big places in Toronto a little bit as well. I think now so often it's seen as kind of a vehicle to get to other places, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, I do improv to book commercials. I do improv to make me funny so I can, you know, book a sitcom or whatever. Mm -hmm. Where I think in Italy, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but improv often has its roots in like Commedia dell'arte mm -hmm. and like goes back hundreds of years, right? There's such a, a rich yeah. history there where American improv, you know, goes back to like the late 80s. 40s, the 50s. Yeah. yeah, with like... Oh, I, I thought it was just 80s. No, I guess the 40s. Beverly, yeah, yeah Viola Spolin, Helping mm -hmm. Kids. But, you know, it eventually turned into like the fast track to SNL. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so by the way, in that acting school, we also did comedy a lot. <sighs> we had, that was Thursdays. <laughs> okay, okay. That was also very interesting. Um, one takeaway that I would like, that I want to add from Comedia Latte to uh, improv that was really interesting. I'll just give you just a little slip. And one time we did, we built our own masks. Mm. And it was, at first time was, was just a sheet of paper, cut it the way you want and make a, just make a mask. And we'll do scenes like that. Hmm. just wearing a mask changes your like baseline character hmm. so much you would think that it wasn't it didn't it wouldn't do that much but it, it absolutely does it changes you so much because even though you're not looking at your own mask you're aware of it you know what you look like to other people and that changes what you do and so after the class the just sheet of paper kind of mask we built like full-on like pulcinella or the the, the characters yeah, masks. The stock characters right yeah and mm -hmm. we would see we did scenes with those and oh, that's cool that was really fun the the way that i could like a comedial lot the sketch or bit is built is that it's not quite fully improv but it you can definitely tell them like oh this is where it came from mm. it's just okay you'll be you'll be the villain you'll be like the damsel in distress you'll be that guy And we would have like story beats. Mm. This happens. There's like a little monologue and then this happens and there's other things happen and it ends with this. But there's no lines. There's, there's no written lines and there's nothing else. It's just like those five or six story beats. Ba, 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 scene done. And every time it would be slightly different, but also there's so much of it that you would see... Because it's not like you would do it once. Mm, When you mm -hmm. prepare a canovaccio, how you would like you would call it, it was just where you have your bullet points essentially. You, if you lay that down, you would do it multiple times. Mm. So I guess it's it's closer to theater in that way. You yeah. re rehearse it and then you do it over and over again. And so it, every time was different, but like not, I would say ninety percent of it would feel very much the same every time. Yeah, because you start kind of finding what that looks like getting from those beats like you mentioned, mm -hmm. right? It's like, okay, we did this the first time. Like, we can fine-tune that a little more. And like mm -hmm. you said, rehearse, yeah, exactly. rehearse, rehearse. But it, mm -hmm. it's based in improv, right? That's where it yeah. begins. As far as like where it takes you professionally, in Italy, not in basically nowhere. <laughs> mm. It's it's kind of like a facet to your acting training, I imagine. Yeah, and like people who go to improv school in Italy are just doing it for, for the fun of it, for... Mm or for themselves, or for any other reason, that most of the people at FTP go to, mm -hmm. kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's more like, hey, I just enjoy improv for the sake of improv. Mm -hmm. you know, I want to figure it out, and yeah. then you get hooked and you just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and not expecting it to, like, give, like, 
it does give you something, but not expecting it to be like, I'm going to be famous. Like, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> which I think, yeah, there's definitely that mindset here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember I, I did an acting program in college as well. And uh, I auditioned for grad school. And one of the grad schools that there weren't many, but one of the ones that was interested in me was actually a, a grad school in Italy. And I, mm. I cannot remember the name now. I'd have to look. This was a number of years ago. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I remember that was something that interested me just because it was an opportunity to study something completely different from, you know, an L.A. based acting program, mm. which is what I had done. And just for a number of reasons, I ended up not deciding to go to grad school. But I was like, ah, oh, man, I think about it sometimes. I mean, like, mm. you know, what would my life have been like if I, you know, that was a would have been a big decision. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, especially. Yeah, I'd never been out of the country, so that <laughs> would have been like a huge move. Mm. But uh, I think I, I think about that sometimes and be like, what like what perspectives would I have learned or gained doing that? Because I studied theater history, of course, in college, but you know, theater history isn't the same as going to the places where that history took place. Yeah, you know, so that's ah oh, man, yeah. There's a lot, a lot of rich stuff there, especially yeah, in the origins of like improv comedy, sketch comedy. I mean, Italy, you know, it's one. Of, it's like Greek, Greece, and Italy are like the two yeah. places where so many of those seeds were sown. Just uh, some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right. So thank you for uh, indulging me in that. Of course. Because I was just curious. Yeah, because yeah. I know, yeah, I think culturally it has a different role in much more historical art form, I think, in Italy mm-hmm. versus here, where it's, you know, relatively modern. Yeah. Um, I think like modern improv, modern Italian improv is not that different from modern English improv. Mm. It's pretty much the same. Like I remember like when I came here and I started doing improv here, like I saw the games that Matt was doing. I was like, oh, I did this before. Yeah. yeah like I recognize most, almost all of them. I think it's, I, w- I would love to do improv again in Italy, just like regularly to see what the themes that are brought up. Yeah. Because a theme that I got brought up here a lot, or like, like in the US a lot, is like cheating, like cheating relationships. Mm-hmm. That kind of pops up. Yeah, that's a lot of scenes. Yeah. In Italy, it was armed robberies. Wow, interesting. It's, uh, you know, it's because it's, I guess it's such an easy, I wouldn't say cliche, but it's just an, like, like an easy canvas to paint on. Mm, yeah. And that and, makes for a fun scene, I feel yeah. like, too. Yeah, high stakes. like Exactly. Yeah. It's, it is a little bit like, you know, people with guns, so, like, there's, there's limits to what you can do with that, but still. Mm. Well, now I think we, I think you and I, Marco, we have to personally make it our mission to increase the amount of armed robbery scenes mm-hmm. here yeah. in the U.S. So that's something I'm going to start doing from now on. You should add to improv. Yes. Otherwise, we're just doing armed robberies. Yeah, that's, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Amazing. So now I have an agenda with every scene I will be in for the rest of my life. Okay. So I want to jump back a little bit because you finished your program. Uh, at some point, you decided to move to LA, right? Mm-hmm. And was that with, I'm guessing you were like, okay, I've done this acting program. I want to go to LA because that is where one goes to continue per, to pursue acting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you came here and you, I think you had mentioned about 2016 or so. That was when yeah, you came to that's LA. When I came here. Wow. Okay. And you got- Great year to move to the US. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Really. Uh, we really knocked it out of the park that yeah. year, didn't we? <sighs> I do want to talk about an experience that I had at IFTP. Let's do it. Okay, so this was, I think this was like, it's like a core memory, like mm. a core learning moment for me. It happened way back in the Washington studio. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was doing a scene. Long story short, the the thing of the game was that it was that kind of trap game that mm. Matt sometimes does. I don't know if he does, still does it, but like 
I've, and I've done it in Italy too. The trap game is instead of doing an improv scene, huddle up together, decide what the scene is going to be, what is mm. going to happen, and then do it. Which is, I call it a trap game because through it you will fail and you will yeah. understand what improv is rather than what isn't. Mm. Anyway, we were doing that game. I was doing it with Gary Guerrier, which is no longer at FTP. He's, mm. he's doing other things. Um, we miss him. He was really cool. And, um, and Stacy, I forgot her last name, and somebody else, which I completely forgot. But this, the crux of the scene was, it was me and this other person that I remember, we were white, and then Gary and Stacy are black. And we were kind of, we were try concocted the scene of like racial embarrassment kind of like mm. thing. It's a bold choice. <laughs> yeah, the bold choice. We well, The scene failed not because of that, but well, actually also because of that. <laughs> it wasn't like, it wasn't like cancel level stuff, but it was like, well, this is not. Yeah, it's just maybe a little messy. Yeah, yeah it got messy. But um, so I, I started the scene. I was just being like a dad flipping burgers. Uh, oh, we were like the house, the, the people at the house and mm. they were house guests. So they come in, I go to Gary's character. Hey, like, do you want your, uh, like your burgers, like rare? And Gary had this, Gary had uh, this, this aura. He would pause. He would make very conscious pauses. Mm. And some, they, they always worked. They never, you never felt like, oh, why is he pausing that much? He yeah. always felt right. Although having, I've worked with him a lot. I've been in scenes with him a lot. I could tell that he pauses because he doesn't know what to say. Uh, so he does this really like intense pause to figure out what's the next step. That was yeah. his technique. It was really fun to see. But anyway, he paused a little bit and he was like, no, I liked them. I liked them well done. With kind of like an annoyed attitude. Yeah. So, which first of all, I didn't understand the, the, I just moved here. I didn't understand the, the, like the cliche stereotype of, why people like their uh, meat, like rare media, while yeah. like the blacks like it, like more on the well done side. So I didn't, that caught me by surprise. Yeah, because just I kind of the cultural Yeah, because I didn't understand. Yeah. But in that moment, I saw Gary's face and he was being like annoyed and kind of like slightly offended, like yeah. a little bit of that. But like underneath his face, almost, like I, I, I perceived Gary being like, yo, great call because the, that was what we were trying to do kind of have like that, that racial tension kind yeah, of thing yeah kind of play that I, I, I obviously didn't know what I was doing it but like <laughs> I, I could tell that he was like yes that's a great call mm. and then I kind of stood there for a second and I thought like wait what, what just happened what, what, what is this and then the scene was done it was terrible but I asked him like what was that about like, and we talked a little bit about it and I figured out it took me months to digest what what happened, but I, he like in hindsight, I could I could see now that he communicated through the characters to me. Mm. Like I understood from not from what he was doing with his character, but from Gary inside. I was like, oh, that that's a thing. Mm. Like we we understood each other yeah. subtext yeah. subtextually, I guess. Eh. And since then, since I figured that out, I've always been. It's been one of the things that I look out for. Mm. Like, how can I communicate to my scene partner but saying my character's stuff? 
and how can how can we like hook up that way? Hook up maybe it's not the best word. Like link up. <laughs> sorry, oh, <wow. laughs> um, uh, link up through what is being said, hmm. and that has been that has been a huge learning moment for me, like a learning process. Again, it took me like a while to figure out what happened, what I saw in Gary's face that made me understand that. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's that game too. Now I, I have not done that game, you that have particular not. activity, at least not that I can recall, but yeah, I love that idea. Like you said, you learn what improv is versus what it isn't because yeah. I imagine, especially for like, if like newer improvisers were to play that game, you know, they think, Oh, it's going to be so easy. We'll yeah. huddle up. We'll, we'll talk about our scene and then we'll go do it and it'll be great. Yeah. And then I imagine like, 99 times out of 100 it's it won't be it's bad. pretty rough yeah because <laughs> because uh, you don't like when you talk about talking about a scene oh we'll do this and then, then this and you'll say this and like and you, you pull all that down but then nobody understands the timing of it mm-hmm. because like everyone has different priorities to all of those po- plot points that yeah the silence you play yeah ah oh. So That's when you great. go on scene and try to do it, everyone has a different pace. Everyone like misses the mark on something. Mm. And while when you're doing a real improv scene, things are being discovered by all the players all at once at the same time. Yeah. So nobody's out of, I mean, if somebody can be out of, out of timing because they don't, they're not understanding what's going on, mm-hmm. but that's a different kind of missing the mark. Definitely. Definitely. And I think, yeah, like you said, that point, everyone's moving at their own pace and they're mm-hmm. like, they have the same agenda, but they're hitting it differently yeah. versus discovering it together, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, I mean, that's a huge difference. And I think if you're watching that as an audience, it's very easy to see. Yeah. Right. So uh, you, you'd kind of mentioned some of the things in your early like IFTP career, let's call mm-hmm. it, right? Uh, some of the, maybe some of the things that were an adjustment from going from the Italian improv scene to... IFTP. Were there any other challenges that you encountered maybe in your your first year here or some things that you're like, oh, that's different or that that differed from what you had learned from the techniques? Or was it mostly like a pretty easy transition? On the level of what we were doing, I wasn't like, it wasn't problematic at all for me Mm. because it was basically the same stuff. Yeah. Or the different flavors of things like like Matt had this game of... uh, one person is the realtor, one person is the, someone who wants to buy a house mm. and they're visiting the house and the, the realtor has to like keep up with the, the buyer's questions. Right. And you have to like, oh, what is this hole for? And what is like the, the people who <laughs> want to buy, the person who wants to buy a house is like asking weird questions and like yeah. making up spaces or objects inside the house and the realtor has to justify them. In Italy, we, I played that same game, mm. but it was about a car. Oh. So it was a car salesman and a car buyer. And yeah. it, it, but it, it's essentially the same. So it didn't feel like I was right at home. Yeah. What was difficult for me was doing it in English because mm. I wasn't as proficient. Like English, Italian is still my first language. I'm not as quick as it as I am. In, I'm, in English, I'm not as quick as I can be in Italian. Mm. And uh, I sometimes stumble on, even today, I sometimes stumble on some vocabulary that I can't remember, that I can't recall. Like I would have the exact idea, oh, this object, and then I can't think of what to call it. I know that there's a word for it, but it's yeah. not there. Yeah. And sometimes I will like skip a beat because of that. And in the first years, when uh, it, I remember that being quite a limitation for me. 
now nowadays it's it's not as bad but it, even last week i stumped well it was like half a second but it was there because i need to i needed to recall what a word was mm. i forgot what it was but yeah. Yeah. yeah it was literally last week yeah i i mean i wouldn't know yeah <laughs> i think you got it you can i you can kill both improv in italian improv in english i think you're going to be great on either front so yeah, i'm good enough yeah i know that i am i've been like in several shows and at least one person in every show and in the audience were like you were really funny like i like yeah. what you did yeah oh yeah i know i've we've done a couple of shows together yeah. i know you've I remember what well, awesome I, scenes i don't yeah. know if it was your first show or maybe mm. your second show but i remember we did a scene together and not to fluff up your feathers too much but i remember yeah. we, we did a we did a, a thing we had a moment i forgot specifically what it was but it was something about you coming up with maybe it was something in prose or was a song or something rhyming i forgot what it was <sighs> sounds vaguely familiar but it, it can be hard to remember right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i guess it's hard to like remember all the details of these sort of things but like you you spew it out like something great it was like in in rhyme or whatever it was hmm. whatever structure it needed to be you'd like put it out and I like i was i was so surprised that it came out so clean out of you it's like oh like i i, I had them all like not my character I was like i was like oh that, that's very well done and that, that was a moment was like oh yeah like he's good he 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 knows what he's doing sometimes yeah <laughs> i'm much more i enjoy Again, because of my limitation, not that I don't want to use words, but I enjoy not using words. Mm. I like finding gimmicks or like mm. physical comedy. Yeah. Or I will, one thing that I would love to do, I would love to be in a show and just do noises. Oh. Like never be on stage. I'll just have a mic and I'll just do mouth noises to sound stuff. Oh, yeah. that'd be, I'd oh, love to that'd be that. fantastic. Yeah. I, I've seen that like played as a game where it's like there's, you know, there's a couple actors doing a scene, then another actor or two yeah. off, you know, adding in those Is that sounds. whose line is it anyway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was in there too. Oh. And, but I've loved, I'll just like, I'll just be there. Like I'll try to do sounds for everybody. I'll just be like there for three hours. It's three hours? No, it's an hour and a half. Uh, we'll, we'll make it three hours. We'll make it. I'll if, do if you're it. doing sound, three hours minimum. Yeah. And I'll just do noises and wacky sounds to do oh. everything you guys do. Oh, that's amazing. I'd love to do that. Oh, oh, that's uh, see, I want to see that now. I'm like, mm -hmm. let's do it. Let's make it happen. We got to get Marco doing the sound effects for us in a show. Cause like, that's really cool. Yeah. And I think that's definitely a skill. Like it's, I know I can't do sound effects. Like I, well, I could do bad ones. Oh, well, but, I mean, everyone can do noises, but then like yeah. you have to be a little bit more conscious. I, yeah. I mean, I'm not, what's his name? Jonathan Winslow. John Winslow, the guy from like Police Academy. I'm oh, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not that guy, of course. Like that's light years away. But I do love making noises and and, and pretending. Uh, tangentially to this, what I also one thing that I really like and enjoying doing right is space work. Mm, I was I was gonna bring this up. So oh, I'm glad nice you did. Uh, yeah. space work. In case you don't know, is essentially pantomime. Ah, yeah, like pretending to do things or to have objects in your hands or whatever. Um, here's an interesting thought that I had once. I, I've talked to this, well, I don't want to, I don't want to put anyone in trouble, but I like, I've been asking Matt to like make me like try to do, to like give classes, to do classes. Mm. And so I've, and happened a while. And I also like, 
during the pandemic and also one time when I went to Italy, I met with some friends and we did, I, like I taught a class mm. just, just for, you know, friends, like yeah. friendly, like I just gave a class. And so I have, I have thoughts on how, what I, what games, what I bring to teach and, and whatnot. Every time I did a show or a scene, well, not every time, but like a lot of times in, in which I did a scene or a show, people will congratulate me on how good my space work is. Yep. Here's the thing. I wouldn't know how to teach that. Because mm. it's, it's not something that I, I guess I've, I did learn it in improv. I, I practice it. But it's, it's, it's so mine. Like I wouldn't know how to teach it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one time that I realized that I was, I, I not surprised myself, but I, I saw through myself that I was good at that sort of thing. I, at an acting school in Italy, we mm. were we were working on the stage, the stage stage, not improv. We were doing stage stuff, and I had a prop, like a like a cardboard coffee cup with the with the dish, but like stuck to it. It was like yeah. a solid thing. Yeah. And I was just holding it and doing a scene, and then uh, the scene was over. The director were, were having a conversation, talking blah 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 as we were moving to the next scene, and as that conversation like off out of scene was happening. I was still holding the tea, I mean the, the teacup, coffee cup, as if there was liquid in it. Mm. I was like conscious of what liquid was in it and I was making sure it wasn't get, what isn't getting spilled. Yeah. And then I looked at myself doing it. It's like, oh, <laughs> huh. And like it, I saw that it required no effort on my part. Mm. And, and so I... Yeah, whenever I, I, I do something, oh, I think it was like two weeks ago, I opened a Twinkie and ate it. And people were like, I loved how you ate that Twinkie. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I just opened a Twinkie. That I just did the movements of whenever, like, you know, just rub up here. Yep. And, but it was like, oh, like it would, people love, loved it. And like, okay, yeah. I just, I guess I'll just eat Twinkies or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. And, yeah, that's that's my crux. I wouldn't know how to teach you how to yeah. do it. Yeah, and I think that was one thing I was I was gonna get to because I can remember this specific scene. I don't know if it was in a class because we were, I think we were in the same Wednesday class for a little bit mm-hmm. um, or a show, but a scene where you played a butcher, and mm-hmm. I think you mentioning that story about that cup as well. You just have an innate ability, I think, to kind of respect whatever object it is mm-hmm. that you're working with, right? Yeah. And that like respect you give towards that object adds so much realism to it. And mm-hmm. I think you're very right. That's hard to teach because I think it's something some people just have. Yeah. And others, it takes a little more work. And like, I know I've seen you work just like you get the minute details of whatever mm-hmm. task that it is you're doing. And it's, Ah oh, gosh, I I want it. I want that skill. <laughs> it's it's because it, like I I cannot because here's the thing. Of course, you can teach it, and it was just be like, yeah. Of course, okay. You have a like a, a, a like an envelope. Do an envelope, and but that's that's a boring way to teach it. I, yeah. that's not how I want to do it. I won't like I would try to engross the person into doing it. But other than just repetition and just like picturing doing that mind picturing in your head i don't know what else i could like yeah. i guess like it's like singing sing teaching singing is kind of hard not because of techniques but like how do i explain to you how, what to do with the inside of yeah, your throat with breath without and... showing it to you because mm-hmm. you can't you can just oh, you can't do that yeah. you have to talk with so many metaphors mm-hmm. i had took a couple of uh, singing classes and i also had a some a friend who taught singing and they just come up with 
so many metaphors because yeah. there's no way of you can't you can't just say well do it yeah, yeah. Uh, sing uh, you're singing bad now sing good yeah, yeah. just just pretend that you're gurgling yogurt and like oh, yeah. or something like, it it just and it keeps yogurt. going in metaphor after yeah. metaphor and it's probably something like that to teach um, space work yeah. it's just a lot of repetition and a mm-hmm. lot of like feeling the texture and yeah all sorts of things almost yeah. like visualizing the real thing because that's mm-hmm. that's what it is you're doing you're like in this scene within the context of whatever scene I'm doing this is real you know? yeah and you're giving that that same respect the weight of something mm-hmm. where you place it how you hold it how you move it how you fold something you know all of that is like you know we're we're all going to recognize it when we see it mm-hmm. especially when it's done well it's going to be like oh my gosh they're doing the thing yeah. <laughs> he's eating a twinkie is uh you know just whatever that piece of space work is it's and like, it's very interesting yeah. to see when somebody doesn't sorry doesn't do it right yeah. i don't want to say that because like i mean it's 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 hard for everybody and but I it's don't a wanna, learning thing too yeah. i mean like just opening doors for some people is difficult yeah. i can see how that's that's not how you open a door. I see yeah. how like that's I see their thought going through and be like I'm going to open this door, but then th- what they do with their arm is not what they would do with a real door. Mm-hmm. And that is such an in- interesting gap. Yeah. To to both to see but also like how would you explain that gap? How do you explain I know you were opening a door, but you were not opening a door. Yeah. <laughs> that is so such an awkward um, it, it gets into like psychology like yeah, how yeah. there's such a weird yeah like how you think you open a door versus how you actually do yeah. it and I think like that's too can be depending on the scene and I think who you're with like can be a fun thing to call out within a scene yeah. like you know if it's like getting a drink or like you know mm-hmm. just doing something like monotonous but your scene partner or you do it strangely or weird <laughs> and like that's such an opportunity there to be like yeah. You're opening that can of soda strangely. Yeah, that, that knife yeah. you're using is so soft. It's so like floppy. What are you doing? You're right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this knife is terrible. Like, yeah. This knife has EDD. Leave it alone. <laughs> no, EDD. Just, yeah, no, just no second D. I mean, there could be, depending yeah. on how bad the knife is. <laughs> and I think that right there is something like that an improviser can use, right? If, mm-hmm. you know, if you or your scene partner has seen like their space work, you know, it's maybe just a little off. Like, that's that. That's information right there that you can mm-hmm. take and steal and be like, all right, let's turn this into something. Yeah. Because your knife is all flopping all over the place, mm-hmm. or the way you open that door, like, there, this must be a weird door. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Oh, another thing about space, more than objects, that mm. is very interesting. That I learned this doing during the pandemic. Mm. So we've done this game at FTP. Probably you did it too, multiple times, in which Matt just tells you. Just but you're by yourself up on stage. Mm. You don't say anything. You just walk into your house, walk into your room. Yep. Maybe not your like pretend to be a character who's entering their room, but like just yeah. you just enter in the room and do stuff. Uh, and that's the thing. That's a very good game. And it's a very interesting. And it also like I guess that would be a good thing to develop your space work, mm-hmm. your imagination also. You're like picturing like space creation during the pandemic. Me and a bunch of other IFTPers, Keenan, Annie Rose, and... Friends of the show. Friends (laughs) of the show, yes. Nan and Alico and some other people. Mm. We met in the park just by ourselves. We're not wearing masks and whatever, but like we we didn't want to just not do it. So we just went on on in a park and just kept doing it. 
and we made a very interesting discovery. We played that same game, but it was actually in, in an open space of just grass. That is a very hard game. Yeah. Because, and this is my theory, when you're in an open, like limitless space, you have to imagine where the walls are. Mm. And that is more like mental energy than if you were doing a room. Because if when we did it at, when we do an FTP here, one of these studios, those are the walls. Mm-hmm. You don't have to imagine where the walls are. Yeah, they're there. You're given yeah. something. Yeah, so you don't have to imagine that. Well, given limitless space, you have <laughs> to think of those things too. Yeah. And so it was really funny. We all made very tiny rooms because huh. we couldn't, like it was just hard for us to fathom a bigger space. It's not like, maybe like after a while we did it, but at first everyone made very tiny rooms. Yeah. You're used to that classroom or stage setting. Which... No, no, it was even smaller than like these places. Oh man! Because the fact, because of the fact, even having more space, we took even less room to make our room because hmm. it was it was just hard to imagine this the space where the spaces ended. Mm. And that was a very interesting discovery. How like creating space is much more of a toll on your brain than you might think. Yeah. And, but I mean, doing improv, it's mostly inside a room or on a stage. So you don't really have to worry about that much. Yeah. But if you're conscious of it, then you can, like if you, if, if we were to do like a room scene and you have to do a room at the Pico Playhouse, you're probably not going to use the full space, Yep. but you are going to put walls somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is a decision Yeah. that if, if you set up the scenes, then people will respect those walls that you've created and so, yeah, it's something to consider. It's yeah. it's a thing. It's yeah. not just space, like object work. It is space work. Gosh, now I now I kind of want to go to the park and just try and do that and see what what I would do. And having this information, you know, would I be like conscious enough to be like, wait, go bigger, or would I just keep it real, real condensed? Yeah. Oh man, I gotta try that. Everyone, homework assignment. This is the first ever uh, improv for the podcast homework assignment. Go to a local park, mm-hmm. do some improv. And just see what that's like. See what kind of space you create for yourself within a scene. Yeah. Even, even if you're by yourself, who cares? People do a lot of weird things at a park. Don't worry about mm-hmm. it. All right. I'm, I might try and find a way to uh, try that out. I'm, I'm not joking. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I, I want to do it. It's a real thing. It's a really interesting game. Yeah. yeah. And a good way to during the pandemic, especially where mm-hmm. I think so many people were desperate for improv and Zoom improv sucks. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's oh my great. gosh. That, talk about tough space work. Mm, Zoom yeah. improv. Brutal. So I think, yeah, you, you found a way to make it a little better for yourselves, mm-hmm. which I, I respect a lot. Yeah. Okay. So in, in your time at IFTP, you started right in 2016, 2017, yeah. uh, around there, and then to now, right, 2022. Yeah. That's, you've put in a lot of reps at the dojo or the gym, Yeah, right? I did. Pretty shredded. <laughs> what, are, what are maybe some things that you have learned or seen yourself growing as an improviser from your first year at IFTP, like... It's just like, yeah, you know, now I'm, I've gotten better at yes anding, or, you know, it can be more in depth than that, of course. That's an interesting question because I think, I think my answer is both positive, but also negative in some sense. Hmm. I think putting a lot of, sorry, putting on a lot of reps Hmm. doing improv can have the negative effect of, I've found all the shortcuts, or at least the shortcuts that I'm comfortable with. I'm not going to explore doing something new. Yeah. Or at least I have to be more conscious about it. Because you get comfortable. 
Yeah. yeah. It, that you do fall into a comfortable space. And so I, th- on, on one hand, like the bad thing is that I'm, sometimes I'm a little bit in my head because I know, I feel like, oh, the scene has to be like this and yep. it has to be that and blah, blah, blah. And uh, this is the thing I can do. This is the other thing I can do. And so like, it, I'm a little, I, I put limits on myself mm. a little bit. So yeah, that's, that can be one of the worst of all the things that can happen to you. The yeah. worst things. of it comes of, with time. Yeah, of improv. But on the other hand, I have like zero stage fright, like none whatsoever. And also I'm, when I do take those shortcuts that I'm comfortable with, I'm very good at them because yeah. I've practiced them. Yeah, you're honed. Yeah, and uh, also to to my learning moment with Gary and that scene, I also am good at, I've, I've been honing the skill a lot of trying to, if a scene partner starts a scene, I'm trying to like disassemble what they said and see like, okay, what is the game you want to play? Or what is the 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 game that I can initiate given what you said? Mm. Like in, in my head, I have this example of, of that moment of of subtextual communication in a scene. Mm. I have this this example in my head, which is just, you know, we start a scene, maybe two of you, uh, two of us, we start a scene and I'm like, forgive me father for I have sinned. And that's what my character said. And also did all the good improv stuff. I've described a relationship. Mm-hmm. I've described characters yeah. and I've described a situation. But yeah. like underneath that, I've line. also gone, hey, let's play this game in which maybe I'd throw out wacky sins and you yeah. give me wacky, like, yeah. Wacky, like penance. Or, yeah. Know, of of course it's, it's not that verbal, you know, it, it's a little bit, and you can also understand what I've tried to communicate in yeah. a different way and do in a different direction. Yeah. You present me the option. Yeah. That but I've, it's, it's still about, I'm doing a character. I'm establishing relationship stakes, all the good I have to pee stuff, but also like, Hey, like wink, wink, what are we doing? Here's, here's what's happening. And yeah. like you try yeah. to like, that's, um, so yeah, that's, I think that is the main for myself, the skill that I wanted to develop and mm. I've, I've been getting better and better at it. Definitely. That's awesome. That's, and yeah. consequentially I've become, I'm, I'm aware that now when I am in a real conversation with real people in the real world, <laughs> I kind of d- discern what they're saying through that lens mm, mm-hmm. i kind of deconstruct conversation as if they were improv prompts because it, it's such a they those two skills like overlap so well oh yeah that is just i've just used that skill for both things now yeah so you're you're doing that right now yes right now oh my gosh i'm looking at you and be like oh what does you want from me okay it's like a flow chart uh. yeah <laughs> i see the matrix yeah. it's just it's it's all green lines yeah <laughs> That's amazing. And I, I think I agree. Like at some point, like you get into this so much, this improv thing, right? That it, it bleeds over into everything else. And yeah. I, I'm curious, kind of asking about, because you've, you're such an experienced improviser. And I know outside of improv, you do lots of other things. So you're, you're an actor. I know you do stand up. So kind of what has been the impact of improv maybe in those other areas of your life outside of just doing improv shows and improv classes? What else has that bled into? For interesting about stand up, I, I tried it a couple of times. Mm. I I enjoyed it performing it. 
I don't enjoy like I, I'm not gonna. I don't think I'm gonna do it again because I don't enjoy the process of preparing the the, mm. the material. Yeah, it's very different. It's it's if to me it feels like such a slog. Mm. And even though I have some very funny moments, I've I've come with some really like solid jokes. But as a whole, as as like my six minutes, I did twice. So I have two six minutes ones. Mm. But like they had so many holes that like I I, I didn't enjoy. Yeah, and. Sometimes when you start something, you were like, oh, that's bad. Let me try it again. But for me, it was the opposite direction. Like, oh, it's bad. I don't want to work to make that better. So I'm yeah. just going to do it again. Yeah. Um, by the way, my last, I should put it out. I haven't uploaded it yet. By my, in my second try, I mm. do have a joke where it's just all noises and space work. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, I oh wait, see that. you were there. Yeah, you're, oh, yeah, I was at your show. That yeah. was, um, I remember now. Yeah. Because I called you out. Right at the beginning of this year, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I did. I just made drinks. I was a bartender making drinks. Oh, I do remember that. That was fantastic. Yeah, I had a ton of fun doing it. I was in the front row. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I called you out because you were right there. I asked you like a little. Uh, I tried to. I think your friend. I asked your friend or something or someone who was sitting right next to you, mm. and they were drunk or something. So I was like, you know what? I'll just. I'll just ask yeah, him. yeah. <laughs> this guy's a little more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so look um, for stand up, it didn't, it didn't do anything. Like it didn't overlap because it didn't do that. Mm. Um, I guess in normal life, I'm I just, I just like throw like zingers out more. Mm. Like I, I know, I, I definitely know comedic timing a lot better. Oh yeah, comedic timing is was hugely improved. Mm. I was somewhat, I think, I have a little, a little bit of funny vein even before. Sure, but now like I know what note to hit and when. Mm. And even if it's not super funny, people will be like, ah, I get it. They have that, yeah, I can trigger like a sympathetic reaction with people mm. just for saying that thing at that time. As far as like I, acting and, and whatnot, um, I think like reading text, having this, all this improv uh, experience, reading text, like lines and whatnot, made made a huge difference because mm. now it's no longer about i don't know how like a prop I, yeah i did acting but i wouldn't consider myself like a proper actor like well studied but i didn't go to like it wasn't a fancy school it was very like low to the ground just basics mm. so i'm, I'm not a, like a tr super trained actor but he's being modest i'm being modest so I don't know how a proper actor does what they do to read and understand text. So when it comes to stories, not like narratives in general, I kind of see them as races or just like driving forward with different kinds of vehicles. So like a, a mm -hmm. big blockbuster movie, it's like a, a cruise. It's a huge machine, thousands of people involved, huge budgets, yes. and that's what it is. Maybe like a, a Netflix series is like an like a Formula One, mm. like a lot more slimmed down, but still very expensive, very yeah. precise, and like a leaner machine. Fine tuning. Yeah. yeah, and then like somebody making a video on TikTok is like going on a skateboard. Yeah, kind it's of just deal. them pushing. Yeah, improv, it's like soapbox racing. Ah. So you you jump into your garage and you're like, okay, I need to build a car. What what do I use for, wheel, for wheels? What do I use for this? And you just pick random stuff, build a car and hope that it works. Yep. And so having done that a lot and having experience with trying to just pick up garbage and make a car out of it, 
now I see text. I'm like, oh, the car is already built. This is so easy. <laughs> like it's already yeah. done. I just need to get into it and drive it. Yeah. I guess that, that's that's my metaphor too. Like, I love that metaphor. Yeah. And I think the different like class of vehicle for each yeah. of those things is, is very true. And I think you don't give yourself enough credit because I'm going to tie back to something you said earlier mm. where you talked about early um, in your improv education and acting school, you talked about right finding potential. Mm. And I think you can apply that same idea to a text, right? As an actor, yeah, right? Exactly. I sit down with a text, you know, I've got this one pager here. I take a look. Every line has different potential and it's mm -hmm. up to you to determine where that potential takes it. Yeah. And you know that because just like it says with those games, right? That you mentioned, like once you understand the game, you know how it works. Same thing with the text, right? You're like, okay, I see this line. I read it. I have an idea of what it's saying. There's so many different ways I can take this. Yeah. So it's a, it's that same idea. It's that same idea of what is the potential for this vehicle, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like you said, the car's already built. I just got to get in and drive it. Mm -hmm. And how you drive it is going to look different depending on who you yeah. are as an actor. Oh, oh, right. Uh, you, you, you made that real nice there. This is a nice little bow. I love that car metaphor. Yeah. I like, uh, whenever I see some piece of media, I was like, hmm, this is a, this is a good station wagon. <laughs> I mean, not like that, but like yeah. I do, I do see media and like narratives and stories as like, where do they belong and what mm. class do they belong and how, yeah. how do I enjoy it? Yeah. Cause it's, each one has such a different process and yeah. how it's shaped. And like when you see the final product, like you mentioned, like a big blockbuster movie versus a Netflix show and a TikTok, all those are a form of creation and putting something out mm -hmm. there, but there's, it's the process is so different and unique yeah. for each one. And the, the shape, the, the format determines what you can do, but it also determines the opportunities that you have mm. with that format. What you can yeah. do, what, how, how can you play with this format? Yeah. It's like shared potential versus individual potential. Like a TikTok you mentioned is often just one person taking that potential and moving it somewhere versus big blockbuster, right? Thousands of people giving their input mm -hmm. on this one product that's shaped by many hands. Yeah. It's, and the, yeah. and, and, and I, what I also like about this metaphor is that every vehicle, every kind of storytelling has its pros and cons. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's room for each and, each and every one of them. And it's better to do one thing for one kind of story rather than rather than another something else. Yeah, some stories are better told in specific ways. Yeah. Ah, oh, ah, oh, ah! Oh. Marco's just dropping the wisdom right now. <laughs> I'm I, glad you're enjoying. It. I've, yeah. I've had this stuff in. I'm glad yeah. that I'm putting it out. This like, is good stuff. Hey, this yeah. is a few years in the making, right? This because yeah. of the pandemic. Um, okay, so I want to ask because I, I consider you. You know, I think you are a very experienced improviser, right? You've put in the reps. You put in the time. You've got wisdom. I, I mean, I know you're a fantastic performer because I've seen you perform. I've had the Thank honor you. of working with you. So I want you to picture me. I'm in here. I'm a new beginning improviser. You know, I'm just mm -hmm. kind of getting my feet wet. Maybe I just started at IFTP. I'm in Matt's class. Mm. Great. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is great. That handsome bald guy, right? Mm -hmm. um, oh, so you were saying? Yeah, yeah. By oh, the way, that's both of you. Oh, yeah, man. hold on. There's a third one. My improv, Italian improv teacher was also bald. Kind of tall, bald, and he also had a goatee. Oh. So, like, is, is this a, is it like it's tall, bald, and with a little bit of beard, like a thing for improv teachers? Yeah, I mean, you could say then that's a consistent trend, like good improvisers mm. share those qualities. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. All right. I'll take it. Uh, take it, take it. It's, it's earned. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I want to ask, what, what advice would you have for beginning improvisers? Is there like a, a core tenet they should believe, or, you know, what, what would you say to young, young Charles? Frank, 
He's sitting there in his first improv class. You know, Charles Frank, you've seen him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just saw him coming in. The first yeah. Time. Um, how much time do I have? <laughs> Hours, days. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, what would I say? Um, one, like, core tenet, one suggestion. Just trust it. Hmm. Don't, don't doubt yourself. Just trust it. It doesn't even like trust because sometimes like, trust yourself can be a little bit like there's a little bit of baggage in that. Mm. So I can I I, I want to say trust yourself. I would I just will say trust it, mm. whatever it is. If it's your scene partner, if it's a situation, if it's your thoughts, uh, trust that and commit to it. Yeah, every aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. It's like like I think your teacher did for you, right? Throwing you in head first. Mm-hmm. You didn't have any choice other than to trust it, I think. Yeah. Because if you didn't, uh, then that would have been really rough. Then I would just like stall and died on stage. Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. knew sink or swim, like you said. And that, you know, I think Charles Frank will hear that. And I, he actually just texted me right now and said, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. I'll, I'll let him know. I'll let him know. All right. Well, talk to you later, Charles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Marco. I, I, I appreciate that. And I think... That is really good advice because I think that can be one of the more challenging hurdles to overcome, especially mm-hmm. when you're new to improv, because it's it, at first it seems easy. Like before you go up, you're like, ah, oh, this can't be that hard. I'm a funny person. And then you do it and you're like, wait, you know, I mean, for some people, of course it clicks immediately, but yeah. I think for the majority of us, it's like at first we get up and we suck mm-hmm. and you got to trust that too, you know, yeah. just be like, okay, well I suck, but I'm going to trust that if I continue to do this and keep trying, giving yeah. my best effort, that I'll be able to turn things around eventually. Yeah, and there's, I mean, from just trusted, there's so much of that to unpack mm-hmm. into so many things. So like that, that's why I asked, how much time do I have? Because yeah. it's, it's, it is, it's, you can write essays and essays oh, on yeah. what that means. Yeah. I do want to uh, add something that my Italian teacher taught me, mm. which he didn't like, I mean, he did explain rules and, or like have like conversation about improv and stuff, but the, not that many, but the one of the ones that stuck out to me so the, the, the things that we humans know or, or, the, or they just are in, in, in relation to our humans fall into four categories. Mm. The things that we know that we know, like speaking English, we know that we speak English. Mm-hmm. The things that we know that we don't know, mm-hmm. like we know that we don't speak German. That's true. Yeah. Then the things that we don't know that we don't know which is very great because you can't address yeah. it because yeah, you can't define yeah, it. Because yeah, as soon as you address one part of this, then it moves into the yeah, you know, shifts. Yeah. And then the last one is the things that you don't know that you know, uh. the, you, the things that you know, but you don't, you're not aware of it, you knowing them. Mm. And he said, huh. I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know if this is universally true, but he said that of the, these four groups, the last one, is the biggest one. Mm. You don't know how many things you know. Mm. Like none of us are aware of how much we actually have collected in our brains because we don't access it all the time. Yeah. But it's there. You, it, you could be thrown in a scene trying to be, um, and somebody like labels you as a, like a, like, you know, like a pig farmer mm-hmm. or whatever. Of course, you don't know pig farming perfectly, but you will be able to embody that pretty Pretty good. We'll yeah. probably be able to. Good a job with it. sense. Yeah. yeah. Even, and 
five seconds before that, you would not have known you could have done like a good pig farm. Absolutely not. Yeah. So of, of those four things, the things that you don't know that you know is the biggest one. Like mm. that's like trust in that. Yeah. And that's going to come through an improv because at some point your brain's going to make a connection, right? That you didn't even know. And it's, yeah. you're just going to do it, whatever that is, whether you're a pig farmer or like a surgeon, mm-hmm. you know, cause most of us are not pig farmers North or surgeons. surgeons. Yeah. Yeah. It's like most of us don't fall in either of those categories. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Most people I know aren't either of those things. So I don't know. I don't know about I, you. But. I do not know any personally don't know any of any people who do those jobs. Yeah, same. Oh, yeah, there you go. But I think if either of us were in an improv scene, we would believe it. We'd be able to pull it off. Yeah. And that, I think that might be universally true. Yeah. I mean, probably the, like, I mean, if we're, if we're talking, if we're being real, probably the things that we don't know, we don't know is probably bigger. But, you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, of course. let's not say that. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. We're going to focus on what we know. Yeah. What we don't know, but we know. But we know. Yeah. I, I think that's a really, a really good lesson. Mm-hmm. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. Ah, and that's, yeah, it's a, it's a good way to kind of, we humans love categories and that's a great mm-hmm. way to break it all down because yeah, it's just you're like, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Yep. All four. And I can't disagree. <sighs> all right, Marco. Well, thank you for sharing this improv wisdom, mm-hmm. your journey, your advice to Charles Frank, our young improviser who's now singing at home. Is Charles Frank a real person? No, okay. maybe. I mean, to me, he is, mm, okay. but to no one else. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was like, wait, is it like a real life to period just join in? What's no, no, no. Oh, I, I wouldn't do that. I, I feel that would be mean. <laughs> there was, we had Timmy Bucking face on a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. That was another new improviser. He actually dropped out of the studio. Though. Oh no. He yeah. got a bad advice. Yeah. No. It was. <laughs> no, 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 Jamie gave great advice. Okay. Um, all right. You ready to get into some games? Let's do it. All right, let's do some improv. So you are not going to believe this. What's, Am I? What's one game that we talked about a little bit earlier? Before starting? Uh, no, no, no. During during this episode, you oh. brought it up. Oh. Let me see if you remember. And if you don't, I'm going to remind you. I, I forgot. Correspondence. I correspond. Oh. I think, I think there was a part of my brain, because um, I've... Uh, I do different games on every episode so far. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just trying to keep it fresh. And that can sometimes be a challenge, like yeah. adapting things for a podcast format. But I think there's a part of my brain that associates you with this game because I know I, I've seen you do it before and I've enjoyed your performances. So Thank you. Uh, this game is correspondence. In this game, Marco is the customer. I am the business owner. And we are corresponding about a recent interaction or exchange of goods and or services we just had here at my tooth store. Truth store. At the tooth store. Okay. All right. And then, uh, you know, we'll play the scene and I'll block us out when I think we're done. Okay. Okay. Let's try it out. All Is right. it, oh, uh, what's the name of the, the store? Oh, uh, it's going to be a Tim's tooth store. Tim's tooth store. Tim's tooth store. TTS. Yep. TTS. Okay. Dear proprietor of Tim's Tooth's store. Last week, I went in to buy some premolars, some human premolars, for my niece. Only to discover that those were molars for chipmunks. I was quite disappointed, as in, as my niece is not the size of a chipmunk, she cannot use said teeth. 
I was quite uh, disgruntled because it was supposed to be a birthday gift for my niece and now the, the birthday party is ruined and I'm very, very, very unhappy with the service. I would like a refund and possibly a set of good teeth with maybe a silver tooth thrown in there. Worst wishes, James Crickets. Mm. Worst wishes? Another dissatisfied customer. Dearest James Crickets, upon reading your name, I thought of the character from Pinocchio. Yes, the young Jiminy Cricket. I don't know if this is the first time you've heard such a comparison, but I want you to know that just like Jiminy Cricket, we can make something happen if you wish upon a star. I'm sorry to hear about your poor experience at Tim's Tooth Store. I, Tim Jr., make it my personal pride and joy to uphold my father's legacy. I do have to share that Due to recent economic hardships, we have had to cut back on our sales of human premolars and focus on substituting animal premolars in their stead. Inflation is bad, and we're all just trying to make it work. So here's what I'd like to offer you. I have no silver teeth in stock, and in fact, only carry animal teeth these days. But I will offer you two great white shark teeth for your niece. I very much would like her to have a happy birthday. Signed, Tim Jr. trying his best. Ah, Tim, I'm so sorry for your loss. I didn't understand that it was Tim Jr. that I was speaking to. I remember your father very well. He, we were quite good friends. It is quite serendipitous that you're offering me shark tooths because we spent many days sailing at sea and wondering what would life would be under the sea. I will accept your gracious gift of uh, your shark tooths and maybe this will be a learning lesson for you. Maybe one day You'll learn to be a man. Signed, James Cricket. James Cricket? It is not your day to be a lucky cricket like in Mulan. You do not think I am a man? I took over my father's business after he died from tooth decay. Yeah, that's right. I had the courage to continue on in the teeth business, even though that's what killed my father, Tim Senior, this attack upon my family, upon my legacy, and upon my manlyhood will not be tolerated. I will instead send you two cat teeth, signed Tim Jr., a real man. Cat teeth? Cat teeth? But cats don't even know how to play jazz. Damn it, I'm also allergic. This will be the down- my downfall. Please don't do it. I beg you. P.S. 
Your father died of tooth decay? That seems kind of ironic for a tooth store. Dot, dot, dot. Sin. Believe me, Cricket, the irony is noticed. However, I also appreciate your reference to the Aristocats, but that's besides the point. From this day forward, none shall question my manlyhood. I am the manliest tooth man there is. And I want you to come down to the store and I'll show you how much of a man I am. Oh, you want to go? Let's go. I'll bring all my porcupine teeth fists and I'll show you how you will be a man. That is disgusting you collect animal parts other than teeth. I cannot wait to add your incisors to my tooth necklace. Bring it. Cricket. That pause behind Cricket. It was quite unnerving. I see you're a master of crafting the letter. A truce shall be enacted, for this fight can only be ended with a Parthian victory. Farewell, young Tim. May the Tooth Fairy be kind on you. Oh, Cricket. These kind words were unexpected, for I was preparing for one last battle to prove my manliness. Although the Tooth Fairy has not been kind, I have lived these past 20 years with no real teeth of my own, only dentures. Thank you for the kind words. I wish you all the best. Here's a 20% off coupon coming your way. <laughs> Tim. Yeah, the Tooth Fairy, yeah, she can be a bitch. <laughs> Blackouts! <laughs> Oh man! I would have continued the like the the, the catchphrases from Disney movies, but I'm not a, a, a Disney nut enough to like, quote that many. Disney ah, we movies. hit enough. We yeah, hit yeah. enough. You know. Also, I, I pointed at the camera for one second that I was getting stuck on a word, as I said before. I couldn't find the word, and it's like, <laughs> see, that's what's happening. And I like, but I I, I got through it, but it, there was that pause of like. I miss. I know that word exists, but I can't find. It. I don't think mm. I was thinking of disgruntled, which is what I said. But I, it, it was something akin to that. Something similar. Yeah. Well, I think that works anyway. When writing something, we often pause and think, like you know, because you're being calculated with what you're saying, especially in this, because it's like, wait, do I go along with them or do I want to hurt them? Yeah. <laughs> so it plays. It plays. Yeah. Also, I wasn't saying. Oh, I wanted to call you. I also paused just before crickets. I want. I, I eventually called you James Crickets, but I wanted to call you James. What is the thing you put on teeth? Like when you grow up, you put on like braces. Braces. Yeah. I wanted to call you braces. Oh, like brace face or something yeah. like that. No, oh. just like James Brace. <laughs> no, I, I, oh, it would have been my name. Yeah, it was yeah. James Braces. <laughs> I would have called myself, but I couldn't. I, I, I forgot how to say braces. Mm. And so, but I remember I kind of felt in my guts that it's something with the C and an R. Yeah. So it just went with crickets. Yeah. That's how it popped out. And I, yeah. I kind of liked it because that sent us on the Disney path. Yeah. And, and yeah, we, we, we used each part of the pig. We oh, throw yeah. nothing of the pig. Yeah, that's good. It's very resourceful. Yep. There you go. All right. We're going to go ahead and move on to our next game. Mm -hmm. And this one this is an interesting one. So this game is called Crabtree Conundrum. <laughs> I do not know that one. Uh, 
You you might you might uh, an an odd name, but uh, you know my online sources have many interesting games where I find. Um, so I believe this is based off actually something from South Park. Uh, I have not seen very much South Park in my life, but we're gonna roll with it. Okay. So the gist of this game is that uh, two players are going to start a scene, and at random intervals throughout the scene, I'm just gonna ask you, "What did you say?" And it's gonna be your job to take whatever line you just said and think of a line that rhymes it instead. So for example, if you said, Christine, I think you are as sick as a dog. And I would say, what did you say? You'd say, I think we should really go for a jog. Mm, so it's okay. going to test your, your quick rhyming abilities. So here. it's kind of like no choice, but like it is a little bit. Okay. Yeah, no choice is one of my favorite games. I do quite enjoy new choice as yeah. well. Uh, when, when Matt started putting me on correspondence, mm. the first time when I was, well, I was still hating it. I was like, Oh, why am I not? I yeah. want to be on no choice. You're like, no, give it back. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's that game. So at random points throughout our scene, I, uh, I'm just going to throw that wrench your way. I'll just go, what did you say? Mm-hmm. And you got to rhyme it. Officer, I, my bad. I, I can't believe you. This is my first time robbing a bank and you were here already. God, I suck at planning. You must be. I would like work here every day. You didn't see, like I'm in the security officer right here every day at this bank. Seriously? Yes. Uh, well, I'll be honest. My planning consisted of uh, just, you know, I, I went on Google Maps and did like the street view thing and seemed like a pretty chill bank. I didn't think it would be that hard. That's a, what you do to try a restaurant, not to rob a bank. What did you say? That's how you get some latex for a spank. Oh, Yeah, that's what I was going for. You know, I'd rob this bank, then I'd have enough money to get spanked. That's mm. kind of what I'm into. I mean, that's, yeah, that's that's life, you know. When you have yeah. that that much dough, you yeah. want to get, get spanked. Yeah, that's, you get it, man. Yeah. You're a chill officer. I, I still have to arrest you, by the way. You know? Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah. I... Well, can I have a fun drive? Yeah, 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 I appreciate it. You know, being in the back of this car isn't so scary. Yeah, I mean, you might have a little bit of like vomit stains, but you know, it's it's comfy, it's wide. Yeah, yeah. That's there's there's a grade, but you don't 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 think about it too much. I try not to see it. Yeah, well, officer, I just, I uh, I need some advice because mm-hmm. uh, clearly I'm not very good at this, and yeah. you know, I I thought you know casing the joint on Google Maps would be enough, and you know, I. I didn't bring any threatening weapons with me. I just had a I had a spatula. I thought that, you know, I thought spatulas are kind of scary. Hmm. So, uh, if I mean, it is a cooking tool, but that's about mm. it. You probably need You could do it with like dynamite instead of a gun if you're not a gun guy, but like you need a weapon. What did you way. say? Uh, you need some you, you need to feel threatened. Oh, I need to be threatening. No, no, feel threatened. You have to be, you have to look like you're about to um, be scared, but like also you have to be sneaky. That's how it works. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. I don't think I was sneaky at all. I, I opened the door and immediately said, hey, everyone, I'm, I'm here to rob this place. Uh, so if you could just, uh, I've got my backpack here. Which is, I mean, it's a good approach. I can see it out of Thank hack. Thank you. But like it needs to be like a little bit more... No nuance to it, you know? It has to be like a little... Oh, like, I, I gotta be tougher? Yeah, you gotta be tougher, you gotta be mean, you have to have your weapon. Wow. And, you know, you have to, well, like, 
here's a question. You have all that cash. What are you going to do with it? Where are you going to bring it? Uh, I just thought I'd go home. See, that's, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. You have to bring it to a safe place. Find a guy named Boris who has a fridge and put that money in the fridge. What did you say? Put that money under the bridge. <gasps> oh. Bridges are the best places to hide money. That's, we, we, everybody knows that. You're so right. Everyone goes over bridges, not exactly. under them. Oh, Listen, my gosh. Listen, like, what's your name? It's Thomas. Thomas, like, nice to meet you, Thomas. I'm Paul. That's it. Thanks, Paul. I guess, yeah, I was just calling you officer. I never asked for your name. Yeah, no, I'm the same. I, you just were like a, like a street, street thug that robs banks. I'm not yeah. going to ask you for your name, but no. Yeah. You, 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 use this a learning experience. You'll be out in like a couple of years. Ah, oh, sweet. So you, we'll be able to try again. And c- hit me up. Maybe I can help you out. Like, yeah, no, yeah. I definitely. Uh, I'll bring some tear gas. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I have a, like a, this, this car is pretty fast. We can use this one. And yeah, we'll, we'll hide that. That good, good stuff under the bridge. Wow, thank you. I, You know, all, already in the short amount of time we've known each other, I kind of see you as a mentor. And, uh, you're my hero. That's what heroes do. What did you say? I have to poo. Blackout! All right, very nice, very nice. It's I, an interesting game. Yeah, yeah. I, I quite enjoyed that, and I... Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I never played it either. So I was like, let's, it's one of those ones we had to trust it. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me of a game, also Italian game. There's this, two people, they do a scene and whatever. And then at one point, one of them out of the blue will just ask why. Mm. And from that moment on, that person can only say, can only ask why. Mm. And the other person has to justify all the whys, why, oh, why, yeah. why, 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 why. It's, uh, that's, yeah, it's it's a yeah. Great, it, it gets weird. It's a very interesting game. It's oh, not yeah. like super funny, but it's very fun to play. It's a good exercise, I think. Yeah, because yeah. it's from from the person who wants to can only say why. They have to like how many ways I can say why or can just pronounce why and be engaged with, yeah. with listening. And the other person has the game of how do I keep answering and yeah, it eventually blacks out into something interesting. But yeah. It's a very cool game. And this was kind of kind of like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like... I think that is like talking to a little kid, right? I think I've literally had that moment with a little yeah. kid where they're just like, why? Why? And it's like, oh my gosh. And you just have to keep going to... Like, yeah. you, you don't win, but you, you mm-hmm. have to do your best to try and answer yeah. that question. So that's... It's just great practice for being a parent, I guess. Yeah. Just, <laughs> or just practice your improv on kids. That's the mm, thing. There you go. So all you teachers out there, uh, you know, get your improv reps in every day. <laughs> Every day. See, I, I used to be a teacher. I was a middle mm-hmm. school teacher. So yeah, I remember. I had a, had a lot of those opportunities. <laughs> um, but, you know, I couldn't handle it, so I got out. No, There's too many whys, you know. <laughs> I need to do that exercise more. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this last game we're going to play mm-hmm. uh, is one that I'm quite fond of called Diminishing Scene. Ooh. Yeah, Diminishing Scene. So in this game, uh, we're going to get a simple suggestion of a location. And for this first time around, we're going to have two minutes to perform a scene. After that two minutes, our timer will run out. We'll do the same scene again, but within one minute. Yes. Then we'll do it again within 30 seconds. Yes. Then we'll do it again within 15 seconds. Yes, I love that game. To the best of our ability. Also, yeah. I did this, a form of this in Italy. Ah. That was the first time I encountered it. And again, when I said about he used to throw us something and then something harder and then something harder and something harder. Mm. So this was one of the patterns that he did. Yeah. And on top of that, 
we don't have to do it this way. It's fine. But mm. like the way he described it was like, do a scene in three minutes in which you can open your mouth and start talking. Doesn't matter how many words you say. If you say yes or a whole paragraph, it doesn't matter. Mm. But you can open your mouth to talk three times, just three times. And then it went to do the same scene, two minutes. You can only say three words. Oh my God. Same scene, one minute, one word. And that was that. That is a game that has a lot of hidden potential. Yeah, you can discover like a lot. We played it in the park, as as I mentioned with the when we with the some after peers in the park, mm. and people were very shy. They play very quiet, not speaking scenes, mm. as if while well, the way we played it in, in Italy, we kind of figured out that we're not going to do a real scene. By not talking, we'll just we'll just use our words mm. and then just like hope for the best. Yeah. So uh, the first time I did it, we were, it was like super fast, like crazy. We made so many shenanigans that made no sense. And then afterwards, to someone who hasn't haven't someone who doesn't know what that scene can do, they all treated it. We all uh, me too. It was hard to do something different when everyone was doing the same way. It, it was hard to make a fast scene because everyone was trying to like pace it out and mm. like use the words very cat you know yeah, very calculated sparingly. way yeah. yeah ah i gotta write that down because <laughs> that's like yeah that's an evolution of this one yeah this but, is probably this is easier let's this is and this oh, is probably more fun it's pretty fun it's yeah. pretty fun all right uh so this is called diminishing scene mm-hmm. our location we have two minutes for this first one uh we are in a museum okay all right and carl I mean, I can't believe that you don't like Monet. He's the best. Billy, I I mean, you're right. I I have respect for Monet, but I just, you know, I, I look at his paintings and I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, and you always don't get like we watch Star Wars and you don't get it. You we we went dancing and you don't get it. Like do you get anything? Uh, I just don't like art. I don't like creativity. I think it's stupid. I think it's lame. And I think people try way too hard. So, so expression, so the whole, so the whole, disgusting. So, so the whole world is just a bunch of tryhards? Yeah. I wish everyone would just chill out a little bit. It's like George Lucas. Why'd you write so many movies? You know, I'm, I'm sick of it. Monet. Didn't she get bored? It's like, come on, people, just like, chill, man. This is, this feels like, you're not the person that I met two years ago. You've changed. Mm. You're, you're not the same, Carl. Maybe, maybe it's time we call it quits. Billy, look, I know we've made it our goal to, travel to all these different museums and exhibits all over the country. And, you know, I did enjoy it for a time at first, but I realized, you know, at some point, you know, there's a Picasso, Van Gogh, you know, all these different painters. It's just kind of, it's just color on canvas, you know? And I'm like, why are we all trying so hard for this? It's, you know, it just all kind of sucked. Blackout. Blackout. All right, so that's our two-minute scene. So we are now going to do the same scene in one, one minute. minute. Here we go. Yeah. 
Carl, I can't believe that you don't like Monet. Billy, I, I think Monet kind of sucks. What? He's one of the best. He wasn't one of the greatest ones. I guess, but I look around and I, I just think he's trying too hard. I mean, we watched Star Wars. You think they were trying too hard. We went dancing and, and everyone was trying too hard. But is there something that you enjoy? No, I, I think everyone just needs to chill out a little bit. I think self-expression is a waste of time. Every, you think that everyone has a try hard? Yeah. I think You're not the person that I met two years ago. What happened to you? Well, you know, we made it our goal to see a bunch of museums and exhibits. And, you know, about a year into all that, I, I realized it's all the same. It's just color on canvas. That's such a boring view. Maybe, maybe it's two years. Maybe it's time to call it quits. Billy. Okay. Blackout. All right. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. It's such a somber scene. I'm sorry. No, I, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. All right. I've been doing dramatic improv also. Mm. Hey. That's a thing. That's a whole. That I, that's a whole podcast. Improv doesn't just have to be comedy. Coming next time. <laughs> like, yeah. That you're right. That is a whole other episode. All right. Diminishing scene. We have thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Carl Monet. What's the deal? Billy uh, Monet sucks. I don't like it. What? How did you? Don't you get it? Uh, because he's a tryhard. It's all the same. George Lucas a tryhard. And flamenco. That's a tryhard. Is everyone a tryhard for you? Yes, I think self-expression is a waste of time. Since when you've been thinking like this? You weren't like this two years ago when I met you? Uh, you know, about a year in, we were seeing all these museums. We made it our goal, and I realized it's all the same. Just color on canvas. Blackout. Ooh. That was so tight. Yeah, that was tight. That felt good. So here's what the takeaway of this game. You should do scenes always. That's not true, but like a good rule will be like, try to do it as if we did it in the last... 30 yeah. seconds one. Scene, do a scene like that. Your scenes can be a lot tighter than you think. Yeah. And it's, yeah, like you said, I think this exercise can teach that because you're like, wait, I'm still hitting all the same beats, yeah. but I'm cutting out all the fluff. Exactly. And it just makes your scenes more go, go, go. Yeah, yeah. And more exciting and more interesting. Yeah. And, you know. Of course, not every scene has to be like that. That's why I said, like, it's, it's yeah. not fully true. It's like, yeah. it's a tool. Like, you have to. Yeah, but it can help. Yeah, it's a. Um, it's a direction of potential. I have mm. three minutes. A scene could be three minutes of that or be could be the first three minutes, which was way longer and way more boring. Yeah. 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 And I think part of that too, we're in a podcast, so it's like the space work thing. It's yeah. like, that's the like, space work is yeah, what we're, is. we're missing out on part of like one facet yeah. is that we're sitting in chairs. Also doing scenes sitting down versus standing up, such a huge difference. Yep. Yep, and I think pacing helps with scenes where you are sitting down yeah. when it's this constraint, right? We're moving yeah. quick. Mm -hmm. Makes a heck of a difference. Yeah. All right, you ready? What's happening? Oh, we have 15 seconds. Oh, the 15 seconds? Oh, yeah, we're doing one more. Okay, okay, let's go, let's go. Yeah, let's go. we're doing 15 seconds. Do like three, two, one. Three, two, one. Carl, Monet, what's the deal? Monet sucks. Self-expression sucks. What? You weren't like this two years ago? You know what? It, it's all a waste of time. And I realized about a year in, I know it was our goal, but all paintings are just color on canvas. We need, we need to call it quits. We're not a thing anymore. <laughs> Blackout. Yes. Tight, tight, yeah. tight. Oh, that was fantastic. Uh, I, I love that game because like the yeah. last like three that you do, like you really notice like you're, there, there's a moment there where you're like, oh yeah, we're kind of going, oh, I got to pick it up. Yeah. And then it's just... It's a pretty electric game, and it's I, it's fun to condense yeah. all this stuff because it, yeah. it's it's 
like you say a long sentence and then the first one and then because the audience knows mm -hmm. what you said mm -hmm. you can just condense it or just two words or yep. something yeah and and they will understand and that's that's another beauty. level of the game which is fun yeah. And I think this game too, when you are up and moving around too, like you hit those physical beats as mm, well, yes. like your space work, you just do like bam, bam, bam. And like, uh, it's such a joyous chaos to watch. Yes. So one of these days we'll have to get up on our feet and play this again. Yep. I would love to do that with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, Marco, any last words you want to leave us with before we conclude this week's episode? Hmm. Last words. Last words. The final words you'll ever say. No. <laughs> Um, be comfortable with yourself sucking mm. embrace the suck yeah because otherwise you're not if you're not yeah you're not just not gonna get better because you're either gonna like I don't like you, either you're not gonna accept yourself being not as good as you want you to be and then you just drop or you just don't try as hard mm. so be comfortable with you making yourself Oh, no, that was bad. Because then, like, you learn, you start trusting yourself and whatnot. Hmm. Amazing. I love that's, it. That's, that's from Harmon. I forgot his first name. The guy who created Rick and Morty. Dan Harmon. Dan Harmon. Yeah, Dan, yes. Community, Rick and Morty. Oh, so much yeah, stuff. That's, I, yeah, I got that from him. He said, he literally said, you have to, you have to learn to make yourself suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you find any success, you got to yeah. suck first. Yeah. And be cool with it. Well, you're gonna when you start something, you're gonna suck anyway, yeah, no regardless. But you have to be comfortable with you sucking. Otherwise, yeah. because if if you look at oh this this guy's my favorite director or whatever, if you hold yourself to that standard, you're not gonna get there. Yeah, you have to do something terrible and just keep working on it, yeah. and you'll eventually get to your trust the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because even your favorite director, they went through that same thing. Yep. Amazing. Thank you, Marco. Well, thank you. Thank you, Marco, for joining us this week on Improv for the Podcast. And as always, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with another episode next week. And, uh, you know, if you feel so inclined, uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, rate us on Spotify. We want to hear from you, the listeners at home. But until then, we'll see you next time. Improv for the Podcast was created by Matt Moore and Michael Lee Evans. Edited and produced by Michael Lee Evans. And finally, presented by Improv for the People. Interested in more IFTP? You can visit us at improvforthepeople.com or on our socials, such as Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. Remember, new episodes are released weekly. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.